listening to Chill Time with Will Moore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is your host, William Moore, and this is Chill Time as Will Time. And I'm here with a special guest. My man, go ahead and say your name. Kevin Williams. Y'all hear how he put that pause in there. It's almost like he didn't want to give his government up. That's I swear exactly to y'all, he's legit. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I swear to y'all, he's legit. He's legit. He's legit. No, but this is one of my guys. It's one of the good homies from work. Um, real good guy, classy guy. Um, I've been willing. I've been wanting to get him out of, on the, out of the podcast for quite some time. We first talked about this when maybe about a was it about a year ago. Yeah, almost. Yeah, about a year. You know what I'm saying? With uh, with my, with my man Jawai. Jawai was supposed yeah. to be out here with us. Um, shout out to Mr. Jawai Towns if you're out there listening, boss. Uh, we miss you. Get at us, homie. You're supposed to be out here with us, man. Yeah, where he at, man? I, you know, Jawai hit me up a couple weeks ago before that Saints game. Okay. The playoff game. Yeah. Where they got robbed. <laughs> and then I ain't really hear from him afterwards. So, you know, you know, he take them hard. He might have walked out in the middle of 94. You know. Rush hour. You know, <laughs> you know how Jawai is, man, by the Saints. I don't know how that it, you know, how it is. Don't but become don't. a saint, my dude. Like, this is <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that's my guy Towns, though. We love you, dog. Get at us. Um, but, yeah, one of the main reasons I want to bring y'all, man, is just because as over time as we've gotten to uh, get to know each other and, and chat back and forth in the office, we have a lot of similar, you know, a lot of, I feel like we have a lot of similarities. Um, we got a lot of things in common, interests. Yep. We also got some things that we, you know what I mean, like, you know, some nice contrast to us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, was the first? I think the first time we really met each other, came in contact, was in that um, focus group. Yeah, for work. Yeah, the yeah. focus group where yeah. they wanted to see, you know, get, kind of pick the brains of uh, all the new hires. I guess I'd only been there for just barely in a year. How long had it been for you at that time? It was a little bit over two years, I think. Okay, yeah. man, they waited a, a while to pull you in on that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't really care about my opinion. Honestly. <laughs> If they remember, they had another black dude with dreads in there. They wouldn't let me. My <laughs> <laughs> <Like> quota. <laughs> oh man! But uh, we definitely connected over that. You know, had some laughs and and picked each other's brains. And um, I thought it would be awesome. You know, I kind of raised the uh, notion to him a while back. Yo, man, I got a podcast. Why don't you come jump on? And he was so gracious to take me up on that offer. And and we're here. Yep, so yep. yeah, man. So I mean, first things first, man. How's it been going, bro? Yo, I've been. Busy. I mean, as you can tell, like that's why it took me a year to get here. But like, I've been, <laughs> I've been like, uh, I mean, other than county work, I've just been doing some stuff on the side to, you know, that just like is my passion work. Well, um, you have so, a consulting business, right? Right. Yeah. Why don't you get in there and tell us about that? Yeah. So um, I started this consulting business um, under the premise of being able to fund some of my social justice work, um, and so the idea was to cr- to to make that sustainable, create a business platform that I could then like take like 20, 25% of that revenue and throw it towards social justice initiatives. Nice. Um, and so the consulting business is um, particularly working with uh, communities of color to figure out how to, how to market their business, how to strategize, how to do their program measurements, um, doing a, getting them some grants if they need it, so doing some grant writing, um, some contract applications. Um, and then uh, the other piece of it, is um, doing uh, cultural competency training, which um, I think right now, particularly in this climate, political climate, 
a lot of companies just like, we want to know how to talk to black people. Help. And I'm like, exactly. $500. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like pay me. You right. Know I mean? you know, like, you I know, got a valuable skill. Right. You obviously need it. Um, pay me for that. Right. Only thing I worry, so the only thing I worry about that with is, first and foremost, I think you're providing a valuable service. The thing that I worry about is, like you said, a lot of companies are jumping on that, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of them aren't actually genuine about making any type of changes. It's because right now, um, equity is a buzzword, right? Yeah. And in, in, in a lot of our different professions. And I worry that a lot of what's going to happen is companies like, you know, talking about doing all these, like, cultural competency trainings and um, trainings around... Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, like racing? Yeah, because uh, I just actually set it a, a very, actually a very good, uh, not training, but um, a conference uh, in Nashville where uh, a sister named uh, Miss Denise actually did a very, a very good training on a bias. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that it was. I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I took her information down so she can come come out this direction. Hopefully, we can bring her in Dope. and uh, you know train folks you know down at our yeah. place of work. Um, the training was on implicit bias. I was over. I was getting hung up on terminology there, and um, like I said, man, I, you know I'm over you know rambling on, but I just worry that companies are going to do it just to fill in fill up fill up mm-hmm. you know put a check in the box and just say, mm-hmm. oh, we did it and feel like they're on the cutting edge of making yeah. things better in the workplace. When meanwhile, the culture really isn't change, changing, yeah. right? They're, they're hiring people to do these trainings. People are sitting in these trainings, texting, you know, drifting off, wondering halfway through the way or whatnot, but they're not actually being test, tested and pushed to right. apply what was learned in these trainings down the way. Is that something that you ever worry about when you're giving these trainings? Do you, yeah. do you put, do you, um, kind of pull that into your decision-making when you're determining whether or not to work with somebody or mm-hmm. what? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I like that question a lot because I, I've been asked that a few times. Um, and if I'm just being completely honest, I don't care what you do with it. And honestly, <laughs> I mean, I, I keep it 100 because, like, I mean, it's been, it's been 400 years. Y'all ain't changed yet. But if you're going to pay me to teach you how to change, uh, then that's give me the up. money. And then I can use it. To, to impact my community. That's, right? that's, that's really, honestly. And what you, it, it's funny that you use, like, it's been 40 years, you know, and, and you still haven't changed. Um, it's funny because I actually mentioned something about that at one of the conferences. I was, at. I was like, you know, in reality, um, if we're not going to push the envelope, right, if we're not going to force, because right now I don't feel like we're trying to force change. I feel mm-hmm. like we're still begging and pleading right. for the powers to be. You know, as the oppressed, we're they're begging and pleading for our oppressors to change right. and make things different without for really forcing their hand. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We don't stick the boycotts. We're not willing to actually like force the issue of like going to war and battle over it. Yeah. So Malcolm X said it best. He said, "Power only recognizes power." Right. Right. So it's just like it took. The thing, the Civil War is known as like one of the th- like the third bloodiest war in history. I've said this before on a podcast. It took the third bloodiest war in history just to get them to give us our freedom on paper through the Emancipation right. Proclamation. Not even in right. not even in practice. Because then you have 60, you know, how many years of Jim Crow, mm-hmm. and then the Civil Rights Act isn't even signed into the 60s. 65. Yep. yep. Okay. 
and then we st- still, still isn't equitable. You know right. what I mean? Especially when we got stats like, for instance, at this uh, birth equity con- conference I was just at, you know, I was talking, I brought up and talked about stat- statistics such as 243% of black women die, on ch- die in childbirth mm-hmm. as compared to white women, right? Yep. Dude, that's medical malpractice. Like, <laughs> it's really that simple. Not 2.4%, it's not really 24%, 243%. <laughs> So it's like we still don't have equality or equity no. and practices and stuff like that. So it's just like, no, I, I kind of get what you're saying. You know what I mean? I yeah. kind of feel you on that. It's just like really, but if you're gonna, if you want the tools, just in case one of these days you want to use, right? Them, exactly. Then I'm gonna, then I'll I help mean, you out with that. I, I keep a hundred, but I, I'm like, man, we gotta stop playing, playing games with them. Why is that? Like, think again back to the Civil War. Like they killed their own, they killed yes. each other before they were like, Cousins, brothers, you Negroes gonna be free? I bet you don't. Yeah. I, like over my literal dead body. Yeah. And yeah, so they, sure. if they gonna kill each other, what the hell are they gonna do to us? Nah. I mean, You're like, right. <laughs> You're right. I can't. Hey, no denying in that. You're right, bro. You so, know. so, so go on. You know, I, my my bad. For oh, yeah, yeah. Off with. So, um, yeah. So I do the uh, cultural competency training. I'm actually um, doing a training with the uh, Minnesota Council of Nonprofits. Nice. Um, at the end of this month. Um, and then I also uh, teamed up with uh, Bob, Bobby Simpson, Simpson Epps. She does, she did a few trainings at Ramsey, but okay. she has a, a truth and transformation um, workshop that she does um, that's really powerful. And uh, so I partnered with her to kind of do some structure around that as well, which has been a, it's been a, a really dope experience. Um, and the thing is, I think a lot of times we, and for good reason, man, we get like, especially when it comes to like issues about race, we get real passionate Right, and yeah, it's yeah, like you yeah, get in a yeah, room, sure. and it's like it's like you white and you was you, you know, and it's like you want to do that, um, and so like one of the things and they don't quite know how to receive it either. Right. They kind of get scared, like whoa, 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 right. whoa, I didn't know what I was walking into. Right, um, but the, what I've really done and tried to do in my trainings is not point the finger, but ask yeah. questions. So they come to that conclusion, and then they had that 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 conflicting moment in themselves. So I don't necessarily say like you wrong about this. It's kind of just like I'll give you an example. I'll say I'll talk about um, how you know is is something a right if you if it's not enforced. It's a really good. It's like a good is question. something a right if it's not being enforced? Yeah. So elaborate a little bit more because I I think that mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I don't want to walk away with the wrong idea. Yeah. So like if the, the example is the right to vote, right? Okay. Um, and if if you have the right to vote, but you can't if, if somebody bars you from voting, you have. And there's no repercussions for that. Do you really have the right to vote? Oh, well, of course not. Hell no. Right. Yeah. Um, so always I, I start with the question. I'm it's like, a facade. Yeah. So I ask them, like, you know, when did when did women get the right to vote? Right? And I'm like, I used to start and be like, don't Google it. Don't look it up. What's the answer? And then, just for emphasis, I'm like, nah, Google it. Go ahead. When did women get the right to vote? And they go, like, nine times a time. So, like, five, half a class will go into Google. And they'll pop up, like, 1921. And I'll be like, wrong. And they look at me, they, they be shook. And they're like, yes, it is. Like, Google said it was 1921. I was like, ah, okay. Do me a favor. Google, when did black women get the right to vote? 65. Right? Completely different. Right? And right. so they look at me, I'm like, see, by saying women got the right to vote in 21, you are negating 45 years of oppression that was on black women when they couldn't vote. Right. You know, that and that kind of, I feel like that, even though it's two totally different things, it kind of parallels uh, with something. I got a homie named Miles. Uh, that I used to work with uh, in the public school system, right? 
um, when I was working in public schools. And Miles, I remember him, me and him, uh, shout out to Miles Webb, um, we were having a discussion on uh, records in pro sports, especially mm-hmm. pro baseball. And oh. I remember he made the comment that he doesn't think that any record before the integration of pro baseball should count. He said, how do you count that as a record when you have excluded half the population of the country from playing the sport? You didn't have the real competition. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. and so that goes just goes to show, like, you know, that little nuance, like, yeah, like, there's layers to this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got to peel back the layers to it. And I, th- I thought that that was a, a very astute observation that he made, uh, much akin to the one that you're making right now. Or you can maybe kind of draw a little bit of uh, a similarity between that and healthcare, right? Because right. there's a big, um, you know, really big discussion on healthcare, um, Medicare for all, mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth. Uh, I just finished going to a conference in Washington D.C. over the equity, over equity in the Medicare uh, medical mm-hmm. system and healthcare system. Um, and as we all know, for instance, like I just highlighted the statistic between um, maternal mortality, yeah. uh, the disparities between Black women and white women, and how clearly um, there's a disparity in that. But that you know, is there is is healthcare right? Mm-hmm. You know, mo- morally, you would like to say, yeah. But our system isn't really treating it like it's a right. Yeah. And certainly, um, you know, our politicians, um, you know, our our, our compatriots over there on the conservative end definitely Man. treat it like, you know, it's not a right that, you know, adequate health care is not a right. I mean, but like. That's Which is interesting because they all claim to be like devout Christians and in Christianity. Right. You know, taking nah. care of one's brother and neighbor mm-hmm. is supposed to be. Just something that you do, but whatever. Capilanity, that's what it is. Right, right. I right. mean, let's 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 keep it real. They also that are deciding that not everybody can have it. They also have it. Exactly. Right. Like that's free that's, healthcare. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like John McCain was like, no, nobody can have healthcare. They went to go get brain surgery. Like I don't understand. Yeah. Like, or how about uh, uh, Scalise? Right. You know, voting against it. Shot up at the park, getting ready for yeah. uh, You know, uh, uh, a softball game. And he's taken care of, you know, for mm-hmm. free at a bill that will cost most people in the tens of thousands of dollars, right. you know, for, for their stay yeah. um, in the ICU. I know what that's like. I was in the ICU for a couple of weeks, mm. you know, a couple of years back. And, dude, I just recently paid that bill off. Damn. Yeah. I mean, but that, but again, right, like it, it's who's, whose life is valuable. It always comes like, it always comes down to that to some degree, right? Like, because politics, even when we talk about government shutdown, they still get paid. Right, you're the reason all these other people ain't getting paid. You still getting paid, paid. even right. if you don't do nothing. Right. right? Um, then the other thing I was that that challenged me, and this is also a little bit personal because of a family relationship. So um, the the founder of the Me Too movement. Uh, yep. uh, that's my cousin. That's my grandfather's. That's my grandfather's niece. Wow, I didn't know that. What's up? I didn't know that. Like I was like blasting about her on Facebook. I'm like, yo, this woman. But nobody cared until white women were shouting me with Me Too though. Right. And not only that, but even with uh, uh, Ford, Christine Ford. Yeah. Right? I was hot because, yes, what happened to her was horrendous. Right? But they lambasted what's her name who went against Clarence Thomas. Right. Uh, Anita Hill. Right. And that was, that's Woo! my whole point. I'm like, not only what, she, what you went through was bad, right? But while y'all like, you got a whole bunch of like. You're re-traumatizing it. it. Right. Let's, let's recall. Let's call it what it is. We got white women that are just like, yo, this is horrible. And yes, other things are bad. But we're about to have somebody 
on the Supreme Court that is guilty of sexual assault. No, chick. We already have somebody on the Supreme Court that's guilty of sexual assault. You chose to forget about Anita Hill. Uh, Anita Hill. And yeah. really, if you want to talk about it, that's why you're in the situation you are now. You said yeah. there's a precedent. Yep. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. You're right, man. You're right. So so, so go on and go for let's Let's talk a little bit more about that. Um how often are you, you do you, are you contacted to kind of do these trainings? Um, and I guess, and, and two, walk me through sort of uh, the type of preparation you went through. Walk me through your journey in this, in, into determining that this is what you wanted to do on the side. All right. Um, so I last year I did the, the Overcome Racism Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a presentation there, um, and that was because the year before that, uh, one of my college advisors, actually, like my my college advisor, um, shout out to Duchess. Um, she presented, and um, so she was like, you know, this is a career opportunity. You should do it next year. And I was like, ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then she was were like, you one of those with like stage fright, or were you just like, eh? no, just like, eh, in it to win it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, like, when she was giving her keynote, like somebody asked her, um, like, your teacher, your student. Like, as much as you give, like, how do you know that it, that you made an impact? Like, how do you know that you've done, you've done a good job? And, like, she literally was like, because that's my student right there. And she, like, held me out. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, like, <laughs> so then, like, a lot of people from, from work were like, oh, you know, Duchess, that's crazy. Da, da, da. That explains why you be doing the trainings at work, yada, yada, yada. Right. And so I was like, and then, you know, really a part of it was I've been doing the admin anti-racism trainings for Ramsey since I got there. Okay. I'm like, you jokers are getting that for free. Nah. Um, so that was, the, and then the second part of it was, uh, Recently, as a matter of fact, like not too long ago, I was doing a uh, putting together a provider fair for um, looking for providers that um, have people of color in management positions. Because um, one of our goals is to diversify and work with communities of color. Right. And an organization uh, hit me up and was like, hey, we would love to be a part of your fair. But as much as we try to be like, di- you know, diverse, we're not. And that's something that we're that we're really failing at. Um, and so we would love to have these opportunities, but we recognize that that's not something that we're good at. Um, does Ramsey does, does have any trainings for that? And I was like, you know what? I don't usually pat white people on the back, but, you know, at least you said it. You, they came out and just said it, right? I was with some other organizations that were just like, we serve everybody. And I'm like, that's not what I said. Right. What I said was, who's in your management that's of color? And they have it. Um, so I wanted to give them some props for doing that. And so then I went to like all the like about four or five different areas and I was like, yo, this provider is really trying to address a need and trying to work with us and, and try to diversify themselves to respond to this cultural need. What can we do? We don't provide trainings. It's like I understand that you don't want to, but you understand like this is we, we as lead agency, we should be helping to direct this doing. movement. Yeah. We don't do trainings. It's not, it's good they want to do it, we don't do trainings. And so I went through four or five departments, and none of them, they were like, we don't do this. And I was like, so there's nowhere in Ramsey County, right? At this point now, I'm getting, like, the legal in my head, so, like, I'm thinking conflict of interest. I'm like, so there's nowhere anywhere in the county where we do cultural competency trainings for one of the providers. No. Not even for a contract or non-contract. No. Okay. So you found your you found your, your yeah. lane right there. So I just called them back, and it was like, I do it for 300 
That's what's up. That was it. <laughs> and did you have any type of like you have an LLC, any of that set up? It was just like straight up like I got the qualifications to do this. Um yeah, actually, so, the, cut the check out on my name. I mean, actually, it was. Like, you know, was you official like a referee with a whistle, or you was just out there? No, nah, I, I wasn't official yet. And like okay. that's that's one of the things that like when I push, especially like like people are like, I want to start my own business. I'm like, yo, just start your business. That's it. And it's good to know. You know, uh, because like I while I was trying to get my LCC status, I was applying for a contract with Dakota County, which I now have. Right. Right? But I was just like... I was So like, you're not contracted by Dakota to mm-hmm. do these trainings? Uh, to, I'm doing uh, uh, Dakota County's uh, library inclusion. So they're looking at trying to um, increase the accessibility of their libraries for people with disabilities. Okay. Um, and so they contracted out for consulting work for that. So I'm like filling out the contract and like I'm filling out the, the proposal and whatnot. At the same time where I'm like, how much is the fee? I got to get on the phone. Right? But like, just, just jump in. Right. Just, just jump in because I mean really especially when you're passionate about something and when you have the knowledge and experience they're not going to be like let, let me see how many degrees you have in this yeah you know and it, since you have it anyway like you and when they when they've already seen you do kind of like do your thing they've seen right. you perform and they've seen the quality of your work you know whether or not you have those uh, you know that LLC that licensure yeah. just yet they're like you know hey we see some value in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to, we'd like to go ahead and give you yeah. a shot. And I think when it comes to that, you definitely got to be grateful for that because there's a lot of organizations out there that don't want to take the chance unless people have that. Mm-hmm. You know, they put they put so much weight in that paperwork. You know right. what I mean? And not to say it's not important to have that. It definitely is, especially when you're trying to make certain moves. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but you can figure you can figure that out as you go along the way. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And, and real talk for anybody listening, getting a sole a sole proprietorship is a business type. And a sole proprietorship is $55. You got a business. It's that simple. That's what's up, man. Yep. That's so, what's up. Go ahead and move with that. So, 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 so what you, you went and got your sole proprietorship, then you went and did the LLC yep. route? Yep. And so, you're you there. Yeah. You in a legit business now. Okay, that's what's up, man. Yep. That is what's up. So, tell me, um, so we were just talking about politics, man. What, what do you, what do you, um, what do you kind of see going on out there that's really, <laughs> really kind of knocking you for a loop right now? Like, for one, like, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll go out there and throw, you, uh, throw one out there, man. Your man, Cory Booker, man. Who, man? <laughs> Whose man is that? <laughs> your man's Cory Booker, son. Uh, <laughs> your man's Cory Booker was out there, uh, was quoted as saying that uh, African Americans owe... Um, white people the chance they owe them the grace and the chance right. those who want to talk about race they owe the grace and the chance for them to do that now I my eyebrows were raised when I read that quote <laughs> um, and I believe First of all, I believe anybody on the other side of the aisle who wants to have the conversation about race and politics, I welcome it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Especially if you are looking to grow and learn from it and get better and right. get better. I definitely welcome it. But to say I owe? Look. Attention. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and say this out loud. <laughs> um, if there are any of my uh, listeners out there who are white or listen to, you know, listening to this, um, when it comes to anything pertaining to race in America, black people don't owe y'all shit. 
We don't owe you anything. If anything, we're owed right. everything. Right. Now, once again, I will say, I welcome it. And if anybody, I will never turn down the opportunity for anybody to have that conversation those and, and broach and have those conversations um, across the other side of the aisle because we need allies. I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends out there who are allies. I have a lot of friends who are not African-American. Matter of fact, I have some friends who are not African-American that I trust in this fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That I trust in this fight for equity and equality more than I trust some black folks, just to be honest with you. Because they've shown that they are willing to sacrifice. Yep, they may have a, a privilege, some privilege, mm-hmm. but they're willing to sacrifice right. some more than some of my own brothers and sisters out there. You know what I'm saying? That's real. But what I appreciate them is they also recognize that I don't owe them anything. <laughs> I don't owe them the chance or opportunity to do anything. Yep. You know, it is, I, I am welcoming welcoming them in that. And so I had, you know, I just got to go ahead and put that out there, man. I, I mean, is he trying to purposely lose the black vote? Look, or? look, look, when you're used to tap dancing, it happens automatically. Man. <laughs> like, the, the, the idea that you can say black people owe white people something, to, I mean, it's like, I, I, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. He's in the what? Is he in the Senate or he's in the House? Because he the House. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's just saying what it is. Cory Booker's cooning. Cooning. Straight. Because, I mean, because I, I mean, I'll tell you right off the bat, man. Um, and this actually, this goes for all of the candidates. And normally, I don't mess around with the Breakfast Club much. Just, no, we're not real beef <laughs> with them. It's just that's not my style. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like they... They just be clowning on there sometimes. Yeah. And I understand that mm-hmm. that's what they're about. That's what they do. I, I honestly have no qualms with them. I've watched the show a couple times. Don't get it. Or listened yeah. to it, depending on who they have on there. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I do really appreciate that they're doing is every candidate that they're pulling on, they're asking them if they have a black agenda. And I'm going to tell you why I think that that's important. Because anytime it, any, anytime it comes, if there's any, you know, anytime when it comes down to addressing the agenda to deal with any other groups or types of people, whether it be disabled, um, Latin American, Asian, immigrants, uh, people, you know, dealing Mm -hmm. with mental health issues, drug abuse, any, any of that type of stuff. Everybody's got an agenda. When it, when it comes time to Mm -hmm. lay down an agenda for black folks and help the betterment of, you know, the people help build this country. Nobody has an agenda. They're too afraid to say that they want to right. do something specifically for black folks. Right. And I'm not cool with that because black people, mm-hmm. black folks overwhelmingly, with over 90%, vote, especially for Democrats. Yeah. They get the Dem vote. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the black vote is so important to Dems that even the Republicans know that, which is why they practice, yeah. you know what I'm saying, uh, voter suppression mm-hmm. and gerrymandering. Yep. They understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think to some point, the Democrats understand that, too, because I've said time and time again, I feel like a broken record. You know, anytime it comes around election time, they always, you know, mm-hmm. tap dancing in our living rooms and <laughs> our churches and, you know, at our... I, too, use hot sauce. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and all, you know, all our different events and you know, our barbecues and stuff, talking about how they care about us and they want to do this and do that. And then when we put them in office, they don't do anything. Yeah. But... And, and, but in a way, we should be mad at ourselves because they didn't exactly outline a black agenda before they even went around. I mean, but that's I got I got two two kind of points on that because um, I I totally agree. Um, the first of that is 
I mean, no, they don't have an agenda at all, right? I mean, right. when I looked at our last local election, I literally spent time and looked through every candidate. There was only one that said anything about police brutality. One. And that was Rita Moran. Um, nobody else had anything to say about police brutality at all. Right. Um, and that's a national conversation. Right. And nobody touching it. Um, the second piece of it is, you're right, the Democrats know that black people vote 90% blue. So, since I know they I have your vote, yeah. I don't need to I don't need to do shit for you. Right? That's real, right? And so and then the other thing and this was this was my problem last election. And yep, here we we about to get we about to get dirty now. So, just is what it is. When the complaint was that people weren't voting, right? And that's why 45 won. I was like that may be true, but tell me what's the last thing that you did that made black people want to vote for you? I even I'll come I'll even come right back at you with that. Even with people not voting, black folks still overwhelmingly right. voted for him. Right. <laughs> Against our own. That's interests. not even a valid. That's not even a valid. Uh, you know, complaint to me because it's like even with the you know the the mass number of people who who decided to not vote. Black folks still overwhelmingly voted for her, and still, and, and on top of that, right? It's like even if let, let's say let's say there was some validity to like, oh, you know, you didn't vote, and you're the reason that Trump won. Actually, no. The fifty-four percent of white women that voted for Trump, and the seventy percent of white men that voted for Trump, is why the hell he won. And it's not generational because he overwhelmingly won every demographic, right. even from the ages of like eighteen to twenty-three. Right. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. What do you think about uh, Kamala Harris? I she had she has she's got some explaining to do Lock with her up. past. Yeah, <laughs> with her past with with locking us up. But of what we have to pick from, I like her out of what we got. The Bernie is showing himself to be like to have some some closet racist tendencies. He's always I talking mean... about. You know, yeah. work. The, you know the working. The, the, you know the, the work, working class. The working class, which is called for you know middle class white America. Um, which again, I don't have any problem with that. But you also stop. Don't stop talking about that, while at the same time neglecting African Americans. What we've been doing, you know, for so long because middle class white America has been getting assistance from time to time. They've right. been getting help. We have never gotten the type of help that right. we're supposed to be getting. Right. You know what I'm saying, Elizabeth Warren. Mm. She, mm. I, I actually think that she. This is my thing. I actually think she would try to do a. I think that she would do a decent job. I think what I'm seeing out of her right now is uh, an inability. She's not tactile enough. No, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. her strategy is not good. Like she's kind of bumbling through things. Yeah, and that's not. This day and age, we we get, we we can't have that. And Tulsa Gabbard, no, <laughs> no, Yo, sir. You gonna keep it hundred? If I do what like if I want if I if I do what I really want to do, I'm writing an AOC, and I don't even care if she can't run. Like honestly, like I feel you. Like she she's the only one that I actually trust um, out of like anybody in that party. The Green New Deal sounds awfully nice, right? You know what I'm saying? She's the only one. Um, but then also like and. Sorry, I, I I really believe this. I think Trump's gonna get reelected. 
You ain't got to tell me, sorry. If you listen to some of the past episodes I put out, I've said he's going to get real. Right. And it's like... Hands down. I don't even think it's going to be close. No. Yeah, you know, but, like, I mean, I look at this and I also... Our I, only hope is that we, you know, we remain, you know, t- take over the House and the Senate. Yeah. Or gain some seats in the Senate to kind of counterbalance... Yeah. I mean, history... Their power. It's going to be another four years of this history, dumpster fire. History repeats itself. Nixon, it got, Nixon got reelected in a landslide. In the middle... Of some crazy stuff in the middle of some hateful rhetoric, he got overwhelmingly reelected. We right there, we right back there again. Part of it, I think, is dim strategy as well, though. Um, what strategy? Of, exactly. Like for instance, I think one of the, instead of worrying about this impeachment and all that type of stuff, what you need to do is why you have control of the house. You need to start addressing gerrymandering and voter suppression. But that's not what's important to them. Exactly because. As you know, I, I know some folks will say Democrats and Republicans are essentially they're just two sides of the same coin. Like they're the same exact group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I mean, if you want to look at them historically too, policy wise, uh, the you know the, the the stance of the Democratic Party now, you know, resembles that of the Republican Party an awful lot yeah. a couple decades ago. It's just the Republicans are so far right yeah. that what the Democrats are proposing now looks like it's left, but it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, Trump's Trump's whole strategy was the strategy of Lyndon Johnson, who was a Democrat. Yeah, that's why I, I think people are ridiculous when they say that. Like he's um, he's an idiot. He's dumb. He he's he's clever in a way. He's he's, he's not, crazy like a fox. I'm gonna say right. that because yep, there's some there's some um, he's not refined. Um, he does lack some functional intelligence with some stuff, but he knows what works for him and his base, right. and he sticks to that, and he goes right. back to that. I mean, but again, like it's also—I mean, you could talk about this in terms of like intelligence and and like how we how we view people. Like, just because he's illiterate, don't mean he's stupid. Well, yeah, I've told people, I've, I've even you know said this before, that people think that intelligence and wisdom are the same thing when they're not. Intelligence right. is being able to. Um, study and retain a you know a lot of different facts, data, knowledge, and stuff like that. Wisdom is knowing how to properly use what you do know. Right, exactly. I know plenty of people who are book smart but not wise at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. and vice versa. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And so when it comes to him knowing how to use what he does know, he does it well. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be rudimentary, but he yeah. does it well. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's they- like a football football game. Like your offensive coordinator might suck. But if this one sweet play is working and he keeps doing it, right? Let him do his thing. Yep, yep. I mean, and the other thing is he's done one thing that Democrats don't do: stick to his word. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll push back on that. I mean, just the, like the the biggest promise that he made was this stupid wall. How much are we wasting about the waste on this? Right, a bill. Eight billion. But we supposed to pay them taxes, huh? Eight, right. Eight a lot of tax billion. dollars, right? Speaking of which, <laughs> have you done your taxes yet? Nah, me neither. I'm, I ain't gonna, I'm I just got one of my tax forms in from my financial advisor today, so now I can finally I have everything yeah. and I actually can file them and do them. But I felt some honestly, I felt some type of way because I was like, how, how, I look, <laughs> how I look doing my taxes and being like, send me back money to these people not getting paid. Like I felt some type of way about that. I know. So I was like, let me just. You just thinking about Al Capone in it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, because I know how much money fun gonna be. But. Yeah, so he's about to pull the Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, Wesley. We love you, dog. Hey, it is what it is, man. He, yo, he know black people be clowning. <laughs> man, 
You um, already know. But yeah, I mean, he's he 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 stayed to his word that like no matter hell hell or high water, I'm building this wall. And so regardless of what Dem say, his base is like regardless of what you say. This is what they it see. It doesn't matter. If right. What they they're see is They're going to be man. homeless and broke yep. and poor. Yep. As long as they still have that, they cling into that identity of whiteness. Yep. And that their champion is doing what he said he's going to do. That's it. They are, they are totally fine with cutting off their nose despite their face. Right. And I'm like, but when we look at the Dems, and it's like, how many Dems can we say was like they kept their word? How many Dems... Sure. How many Dems would be like, you I know, like looking I can't at refute that. Looking at looking at all the gun violence. It was like, yo, this isn't when when has the gun violence in this country with all these school shootings been a national emergency? You're right. Right? When has police brutality been a national emergency? When was Flint a national emergency? That should have that was that's you know disgraceful. what I'm saying? So a, they still don't have clean water. That's disgraceful. Right. right. So like I mean, y'all this is the You know, best it's supposed to be one of the richest countries in the world and they're up there like Dealing with their waters if they're a third world country. That is disgraceful. Yeah. Yep. And what a lot of people don't know why they're sitting there ignoring that, there are a lot of other cities in the United States right now that are on the verge of becoming another Flint, Michigan because the same mm-hmm. issues with the pipes and, yep. and, and, and water system that they have in Flint, yep. that, that same process, those same issues are happening in several other cities in this country and they're on the verge of becoming another Flint. So why y'all ignoring that? Yep. Dude, you better keep an eye on it. But my guess is, if it starts to, if it, if it, in any of these other cities, if they are predominantly white cities, mm-hmm. it will be a national murder. Oh, yeah, they let, will take care of let it. Let that happen in Long Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Three days. Three days. He said three days. <laughs> three days. Wow. That is, that is hilarious. So. So another thing that I want to, um, because we, we, you know, we chatted about this briefly offline. I'm going to come at you about. So one of the first things that happened with us when we uh, we really started, you know, meeting each other and, ch- and chat with each other, you know, what I mean, you sent you sent my guy Jawad by to troll me about on my desk, you know, people who know me and uh, you know on my desk at work, you know, everybody knows I'm a big comic book fan, and so I have uh, statues of different comic book characters on my desk, and you know, my guy Kevin sent my, my boy Jawai by my de- you know by my desk to troll me and say, "Oh, you got all this. You got Black Panther. You got yada yada yada. You got all these people on your <laughs> desk, but you don't have Riri Williams. You don't have Ironheart. You know what I mean? The fifteen year old African American genius by the name of Riri Williams who takes over and builds her own Iron Man That's costume. Right. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and put you out there, man. Please so, do. So I got the Riri Williams now on my desk, but the real question is. Are you a fake fan? Are you a poser? Or do you actually read the comic book? I absolutely do not read the comics. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. Shame. I'm going to tell you Shame why. Shame the devil. Because I'm not reading. Satan, get behind thee. I am not Satan reading get any behind that thee. is written by a white the person about a, a black woman. The devil is Look. a liar. Look. The devil is a liar. Look. You can respect. Listen. You can respect. The storytelling ability of a white author about a black person, and still, and, and, and still be pro-black. Yeah, that's what I have the help for. I've done that already. Oh, <laughs> right. Wow. We won't go there. Wow. Like, I mean, let's 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 keep a hundred. My wow. problem, my problem. We we've talked about this too. This is always my Satan problem with Marvel. Get 
Marvel and this this, this faux forward thinking movement. You had a whole comic about the civil rights movement with no black people in it, except for Storm, who's from a fictional a fictional African True. country. But like, you know, but hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But you know why that is, though, right? Think about the time because I'm because yeah. uh, in a couple of days I don't know if you listened to the episode with, with my friend, my good friend Lisa Olson. Mm-hmm. She uh, used to work at the Source Comics and Games yeah, in yeah. Roseville, and she is a she is a genius when it comes to she's a comic historian, right? And we talked about all this. That was done during the time where if that had been written by African American or had been written with with uh, and for those who you uh, who haven't caught on to what he's talking about. X Men, X Men indeed is a that series mm-hmm. is based on a civil rights movement. X Men is if you look at what they're you know what they're talking about. You look at even the characters of Professor X and and Magneto. Yep. That is Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm That's X. Right. Two people wanted the same thing for a group of people who are considered different, marginalized, and oppressed, being the mutants. Who are that is that does kind of rub you the wrong way. The mutants <laughs> are are okay. synonymous with you know African Americans yeah. in real life. But one and the same thing, but one wants to do it with peace and acceptance and love, and one wants to do it, handle business by enemy necessary, mm-hmm. even if it means separating. Now, during the time that X-Men came out, let's be, now let's be realistic about yeah. it. Let's be realistic about it. If that had been written by a black author with black characters, mm-hmm. would that book have sold? No. Okay, then. No. So then, don't you think there was a little bit of strategy to this? That they weren't. That I'm not saying. Listen, listen, listen. I'm yeah. not saying that historically, that there wasn't. You know, race didn't play a critical role in comics as far as excluding. You know, people of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a one. This is one of those moments where it was actually like a, a strategic, a strategic move. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't see. I personally can't see people knowing who the X Men are today or caring about that book. Had that been written by a black author with a cast full of, you know what I'm saying, African-American mm-hmm. characters. Case in point, everybody, most people just now know who Black Panther is I, because I of the movie. Even, I can't even talk black about Panther's that. Black Panther's been hurts. out for decades. That hurts, and it's true. The character Black Panther's been I have Black Panther comics from, from decades ago. Right. People don't realize that character didn't just come out with, 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 with this movie with, uh, with uh, uh, Ryan Coogler. Black Panther's been out since the 60s, was it? Yeah, they actually... His first appearance was in the 60s? As a matter of fact, they changed his name for a minute to Black Leopard because they didn't want... that. They didn't want that to be associated with the Black Panthers out in Oakland. Yes. So I'm saying, so when you look at that part, like, I understand, you know, your brother, I know. I know you go black. I know you for the cause. (laughs) I'm I'm with you. You know, I support you. You know, I'm I'm with it. But from a strategic (laughs) vantage point, that book went aside. I... I, I would love if Lisa was here so yeah. you could talk about because she, she's amazing first of all foremost and she's an ally and I think that she, I would just love to see y'all bounce both of them don't but you know how that discussion yeah. going back and forth yeah um, I mean here's here's my thing I agree with that to a point okay except if you it, it, it's a strategy to get the story told but people still don't make the association right like we do. But, right. like, if you were like, oh, now that we're, you know, at what point are we forward enough to be like, okay, now we're actually going to make the X-Men black because that's what it was about? I think now is a better time for that, which is why you're starting to see, like, Nnedi Okorafor wrote the book for Shuri that's out now. Yeah. Nnedi Okorafor also wrote uh, a series of books. It's a four-book series called LaGuardia. 
and it's about it's one of the main characters mm-hmm. is an African American woman, and it's about the immigration, the the, the battle yeah. of immigration, but it's used with with people and aliens, like literally, like yeah. you know, extraterrestrials and stuff like that. Yeah. Like uh, she wrote the That's book. Like she wrote the the, uh, the book uh, series Binti, mm-hmm. the Binti trilogy. You know, she's an awesome Afrofuturist writer. Uh, Tommy Adi, I think it's Tommy Adeyemi. I just smashed that name. I just destroyed that name. I know I did. I'm so sorry if she ever listens to this. But she wrote the book, um, uh, Children of Blood and Bone. Mm-hmm. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, so, 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 yes. so, yeah. So, there are authors out there now that are, that are doing that. They're writing from that vantage point. You know what I yeah. mean? There are comics. That I've got a slew of them. Noble. Yeah. From... Uh, um, what is it? A Lion Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a, what's the other series called? Superb, which has the, a team of uh, a, a young kid, white kid with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and a young black girl who you know what I'm saying both of them have superpowers and they team up yeah. together. So 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 now so now what being that there's a time for that they are pushing the envelope with that. But even, but, though, but that's not Marvel, right? Like that's that's what my original point is. Like I mean, I give you another. I give you a perfect example of it. Looking at Infinity War, right? Y'all right. know this is going to be the turn. Like everybody knows it's going to be the turn of, of the MCU. We know this, right? Right. This right. is a you've introduced in the comics several characters of color that take on the mantles of these people. Right. This is a perfect time to be like they're Falcon's going to be Captain America. Right. This is the so perfect so time to be like let's take them up. Let's take let's give them this mantle as they go save the old dudes. Nah. Falcon does have his own nah. his own comic out right now. His his own solo. Oh yeah, project. I know. But I'm saying in terms of the MCU, right? This is a perfect time to take that and be like, yo, we could get rid of like let's say something happens to Iron Man and Thor and Captain America and these other people that are people of color take on those mantles to like save them. Nah. And that don't even make sense to me because I'm like if Thanos Thanos, whoever whatever language you want to use, is here like literally just like, yo, in order to preserve life. I'm a I'm a kill half of the population. How you leave the white men? <laughs> How? <laughs> they kill more than anybody else, fam. <laughs> like explain that to me. <laughs> As y'all can see, my guy is passionate. But that's why I love him though. <laughs> Cause when, cause when we had these discussions, or if there's ever, you know, at work, there's ever, a, you know, a big meeting or whatever, oh, yeah. and and we happen to be in the same one, I know I'm not gonna be the only one so passionate <laughs> talking about these issues. I'm just saying, man. Like the whole premise of Iron Man was a dude that builds weapons of mass destruction. You ain't kill him. Him, Captain America. Whole premise is he was built for war. He has a soldier serum to kill people. You have the Hulk, who just a green monster of destruction. Who right. you kill? The king of the most peaceful nation in the world. Like how that how that work? How that go? You kill him. You kill the android. You kill Scarlet Witch, who was just trying to find her daddy. <laughs> like you know, you kill Spider Man, who's like the only only white person in this movie that has like no sort of like political or he's just a kid. Power. He's just a kid. But the movie that actually caused destruction, you just let them just chill. Okay, I hear you. I hear. You. I also <laughs> like the analogy you use for Batman. Um, he trash. <laughs> Kevin he's, hates Batman. He's trash. And I'm not a huge Batman fan either. But not for reasons the same reason <laughs> Kevin is. I'm just not a huge Batman fan just because I just wasn't a huge Batman fan. I've always been a fan of 
of the villains. I've told you guys that was you guys that before, and I look at it this way: like to me, there's really no difference between heroes and villains. It's all about perspective. Yep. All right. When you look at, at the background and the history of every villain, usually what they really want at the heart of it is very. It's actually altruistic. We just don't agree with the you know with their methods of trying to mm-hmm. get there. It's about the lens. Like I said, take the example real real live application: George Washington. People in America look at him as a revolutionary. You ask anybody a part of the United Kingdom or, or, or living right. in Great Britain back then in the day, they would have called him a terrorist. Yep. It's all about perspective. Yep. All right? So I, I, I have always been the one who kind of leaned more towards villains anyway just because of that. I don't and, – and when I was younger, it's not because I was able to articulate these, you know – uh, this psychological or sociologi- mm-hmm. sociological views that I am now, I just, for some reason, I just liked them. I've, I always felt like it took more to be the one that everybody hated, mm-hmm. and it was easy to be the one that everybody loved. But Kevin has a very interesting mm-hmm. outlook on why mm-hmm. uh, uh, Batman is the true villain and why he doesn't like Batman. Why don't yes. you give him that? So, Batman, as far as I'm concerned, is an opportunist capitalist. And he has used wealth that he didn't gain, let's be real, that's his family's wealth, right. um, to deal with his psychological issues, right? His parents got killed in front of him. I get that. Right? That, that sucks, right? But essentially, to put it in a really just basic application, that's like a rich dude from Eden Prairie getting his parents killed and putting on a mask and being like, I'm going to beat the shit out of everybody in North Minneapolis. Like, that's not, that's not, that's not what's up, fam. Right. You know, like anybody, anybody, the reason that he gets to do that is because of his wealth. Anybody True. else who is just like my parents were killed. So I'm going to go beat the crap out of people is they ass is in jail. But it's not like he the police support him, though. Like he's seen as a vigilante. The police had only 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 uh, friend he had in the police department was um, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. So it's not like he's being like they're advocating for him. Right. I mean, and they don't have to advocate for him, but like. Okay. It's, it's that for me, it's not a matter of. And how, just so you know, I'm not. I'm not necessarily like disagreeing with. Oh you. yeah, yeah. I'm just giving. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not even. My concern isn't necessarily how people respond to him. It's like the motives for what he does. Okay. And how he's getting. How he's able to do that. Um. One of the. That's why one of the reasons I love the Dark Knight trilogy series was because I, I think that's one of the greatest trilogies I, yeah. ever. And I think in each and every one of those movies. The villains, those the roles yep. that those three actors played, got to be in the canon of the top ten greatest antagonists yes. in movie history. Not just comic book movies, yep. any movie. You don't understand. Bane was poetic. Bane was Shakespearean. Yeah, he was pure Shakespearean. Well, you didn't hear what he said. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I could hear everything he was saying. <laughs> Bane was pure Shakespearean. Yeah. Joker. Heath Ledger played the hell out yeah. of that role. But, I mean, again, like you were saying, the the, the, the villain is the hero of his own story, right? right. Logic. Um, I think, like, obviously we all expect Joker to be the villain, but I love, one of the reasons I love Heath Ledger's Joker was because he used logical, he made logical sense. As crazy as he was. The thing Everything he said, said, you couldn't really refute it. Right, you couldn't refute it, even at the end, right? When um, Batman, when he was, like, waiting for the boats to blow up, and Batman was like, you know, that we just showed you that there's people ready to believe in good. That wasn't true. They didn't really believe in good at all. They just didn't want the blood on their hands. That's a whole completely different it conversation. Was it, it was cowardice. cowardice, right? Like, don't don't do that. Yeah. Um. You know. And then like even in the third one, Bane. 
the nobody one. cared who was behind the mask until right. I put it on. Nobody cares right. who the underprivileged are. Nobody cares nope. who the abused, the marginalized, the downtrodden are until we do something to fight back and you can't see who we are. Right. Like, you wanna you wanna you wanna get to the root of yeah. things after the fact. But even but even Alfred told him. He was like he was like, They don't need your body. They need your resources. You have the ability, the capability, which he showed in the second one, to influence policy, to get politicians elected that will right. do something differently. Money talks. And what you do? You kept that shit to yourself so you could get rid of your psychological problems, still beat people up because you're angry. So then ah. let me so let so let me ask you this, because I have a theory that um and 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 just listen to what you're saying, what you just said, I have a theory that all human beings are inherently selfish. Even when we do stuff for other people, it's for yes. selfish reasons. You, feel good. you know what I mean? Because it makes us feel good. Yep. It makes us feel good to do something to help somebody else. Yep. And to me, it sounds like that's a lot like what you're saying. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why, and I always get challenged on this. Like, oh, he's born. My favorite superhero is always going to be Superman. What? Always. Really? Always. Always. Because excuse my language, but get the fuck out. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna tell you why. Because I think the idea. Whoa, whoa, hold on! I just thought of another thing too. Mr. Super Black, Pro Black, Blacker, yep. Blacker, Blacker, yep. Black, like Lily White, Superman. Yep. Um, I don't yep. have no problem with Superman. Yep. He's just not my favorite, y'all. Yep. I'm just saying. I do. Superman's actually cool, but he's just here's, not my favorite. Here's why. Here's for for a few reasons. One, because <laughs> well, because I think it's immensely harder. To have the power to change things immediately and not still decide it. not to because people are like, no. Like, that's, that's, I think that's hard. Like, yo, I could literally just destroy everything right now and we'll be done. Right? And you, and you choose not to do that. Right. Secondly, to oppress yourself for the betterment of other people on a daily basis. Right? Like, imagine if you just literally could just, like, move at the speed of light. And you walked everywhere because that made other people feel comfortable. Like, that's ridiculous. He sounds black is what he sounds like to me. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Lily White. Exactly Actually, my point. <laughs> and what I mean by that, for y'all who, who are not getting it, like, often black men, we have to not, you know, no, 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 I'm going to take that back. Not just black women. Black women do too. Black yep. I, And I won't go out there and put it out there. Black women got it harder than black men. So I'm going to stop putting black men up there on this pedal, like we come Stand first in our, you know, like Stand we come first in like the oppression Olympics. It's not true at all. Um, women of color deal, deal with more than we do. Um, but what I will say is often black men, like we are, we are charged with always making people feel safe, always code switching and, yep. you know what I'm saying, you know, have to walk, you know, lessen our presence. You know, I said it before, I had a, I had a conversation with somebody and uh, they told me because of my stature, I'm I'm a, I'm a larger dude. I'm six foot and I'm about 240 pounds. And I heard like, "Oh, you're intimidating." And I finally got you know, and I it was I wasn't I didn't walk in with a scowl mm-hmm. on my face. I wasn't upset. And I finally got down, you know, get to the point of saying, "I was like, you know what? Am I intimidating or are you intimidated?" Right. Because those are two different things. Me being intimidating means I'm walking in with the energy, looking like I want to do something. Uh, when I want, like I want to do something negative or do something to harm you or endanger mm-hmm. people, you being intimidated is your own insecurities. And right now, I feel like you're intimidated. It has yeah. nothing to do with me being intimidating. And and so I will say from from that analogy you just drew, 
Um, I can I can I can see that. Like in a way, black men have to be Superman a lot of times and shit. The police a lot feel that way with the way they quick to pull that trigger. Right. I mean, if even if you like you go into like man, right? <laughs> um, there was a uh, the uh, Superman the animated series in the nineties, right? Yep, yep. I'm gonna tell you one of the things. One of the things that like I, I liked Superman before, but that was a that was a changing point for me. That series. There was one episode where um, there was a crooked cop, right? And he had this. He had a black dude set up to get the electric chair for a crime he didn't commit, for a murder he didn't commit. Uh, the police officer framed the whole thing. And Clark was like, yo, this don't smell right. This don't pass the smell test. So he started investigating it. The cop blew up Clark's car, killed him. Right. Right. So, you know, then Superman obviously now is like, nah, something's really up. Superman does the investigation. Right. right? Clark writes the story and is like, yo, you know, actually this cop is crooked. Da, 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 da. And calls the mayor and is like, yo, you have to get this dude out of the chair right now. He's innocent. And he was like, it's too late. They're, they're, they're going to kill him. It was the gas chamber. I'm sorry, not the chair. Superman flies in, takes the dude out of the gas chamber, saves his life. And the very next day, article by Clark Kent, killer cop gets, gets death sentence. I was like, what other comic do you see that? Where like, you he literally said, killer cop. You, you don't, we don't even see that in our media today. Nah. Nah. It's, it's strange there. They use some other type of right. weird adjective to describe him, but they won't call him that. Right, and so like this, I, this whole idea, like he literally just went in there, like and literally took took police brutality and corruption up on his own shoulders as Superman and as Clark. Like really? how you how you so Superman your guy, huh? <laughs> yep. I I I'd say this too. In two thousand, they said that a warmongering, rich capitalist was going to be president. True. <laughs> I, although I wouldn't say he's warmongering, he's hateful. Yep. And he's a capitalist, but he's not warmongering. They, he, warmongering is warmongering is the uh, United States government as a whole. True story. Um, but I'll leave it at that. I, I guess if I had to pick my favorite uh, superhero, um, it, it had to be Black Panther, man. It had to be Black Panther. I've always kind of mm-hmm. admired, you know. You know, being somebody who grew up like the little nerdy, geeky kid who was smart, I've admi- I always admired the fact that he was so intelligent and stuff like that, yeah. and that he could, you know, what I'm saying, but he could also fight and he was tough and he could, he could do his thing. But uh, favorite um, comic book characters, period. Like I said, I've always leaned more closely towards villains, mm-hmm. um, and it's Magneto and Bane. Magneto, yes. Magneto, Magneto, and Bane. yes. Absolutely. I've Magneto. always respected the fact that Magneto, like, it's not like he he didn't he never wanted to 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 kill humanity. He always said like he's like Charles, I'll try it your way, mm-hmm. but these people don't want to accept us. So therefore, I'm mm-hmm. willing to make the tough decision. I'll do whatever I got to do, but I'm not gonna stand by. <laughs> yeah, I want this and let, Yeah, I'm not gonna stand by and let our people get like slaughtered like yep. that. And <clears throat> at the time when I was younger, do did I understand? The social political uh, views of that. No, I did not. But for some reason, I was attracted to 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 Magneto's gravitas and, and what he yeah. was doing. And now that I'm older and I understand, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, you know, society, politics, race, racial dynamic, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. 
I understand why yeah. I always he was always my favorite. And he, Bane too. He's well actually Magneto's my favorite Marvel character. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember growing up watching the nineties X Men cartoon and I used to and this 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 says a lot about conditioning, right? Implicit bias, like and, and, and how we are trained to think a certain way. I loved Magneto and I would try to make myself not like him. Because in my head he's the villain. I can't like him. Right. Right? But when he would talk just like the, the presence that he would bring and like how he it wasn't do- like he was lying when he right. was talking. Right. He wasn't telling right. me he wasn't he wasn't inherently evil. He right. wasn't. Right. The villain wasn't evil. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I don't believe there's such thing as being heroes or villains. Like there just isn't. Yep. There's perception. Yep. There's what you view as perception and whether or not you agree mm-hmm. what you what you agree uh uh with somebody's methods. There's only a there's a, there's a few is, are there are there actual people in this world who want to do bad things? Yes. Yeah. Are there evil people in this world? Yes. But what I'm trying to say is hero and villain are overused and mm-hmm. used by media outlets and people in general to sensationalize topics right. or different or different individuals so and their causes. The nuance. Yeah, yep. it's yeah because there's a lot of because when you look at a lot of different situations, you're like there's no hero or villain in it. Like mm-hmm. it's what you see. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep, it's what you see. I don't see a villain in that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we could we could take it take it real. It's the Black Panther Party, right? They, heroes to us, right? But people set them up like this. I'm like, yo, you can't. more controversial figures depending right. on who you want to talk but about. Look, I'm like, but like like name because the Black Panthers are supposedly violent. But like, I've yet to meet anybody who can name me one white person that Black Panther killed. Right, mind you, the CIA slaughtered them. Right, we're not gonna talk about the CIA slaughtered plenty of people. Right, we're not gonna talk about the move bombing in '87. Yeah, and they're responsible for doing things like putting, like killing Patrice Lumumba and putting Joseph Mobutu in power in the Congo. Right, but dudes who are just like, yo, we tired of this. We're gonna protect ourselves. They violent. Mind you, this is all considering also consider the fact that like, yo, this is a lynching wasn't illegal until December last year. You right? Come on, man. And it like, but Black Panthers being like, we ain't taking your shit no more, and that, that's violent. Okay, all right. <laughs> the big black boogie man, man. That's what we are, man. That's wild. You know. But uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. Superman always gonna be the favorite. Um, I I do. I actually am work. That's like a, one of my life goals is to complete a his, history of comic books, like encyclopedia. You need it. You need it right with my girl yeah. Lisa. You yeah. just do. Yeah. When you meet her, dude, you listen to the episode that I have with Lisa Olsen talking right. about comics. All right. Dude, you're gonna be like, yo, I need to meet her. Yep. Dude, she's a genius. Dude. Alright. If you want to write this book, you can't do it without having her input. Okay. You just can't. I'm with it. You can't. I'm with it. You know, she when the first thing she did was link politics to comics. She's like, comics were all about that's what they were for, yes. talking about you know, in a in a in a discreet way, talking about the political climate, racial climate, and America oh, yeah. in the time. Oh yeah, that's you know, that's one of the first things she's pointed out. I mean, that's that's why nobody likes Zack Snyder movies other than they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like all of Man of Steel was about was immigration, but nobody want to talk about that. So let me uh, let me ask you about this. Today it was announced that uh, Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick. Drop their grievance claims against yep. the NFL because they came to a settlement with the yep. NFL. Yep. What does that say to you? Get paid, my dude. Get pay- I mean, here's the thing. Like the thing, the thing that frustrates me about all this—well, not all this, but just in general—is that you reach a settlement and the organization 
never never admits any wrongdoing. It's implied, right? You know, because because like, like my 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 argument was like, I so I agree with you on that, but I'm like anybody with common sense knows like. You don't settle anything unless you're admitting some type of culpability to right. it. Right. Like, you're, nobody settles anything unless their hands are at least a little bit dirty. Because right. if you're completely scot-free, innocent of anything, you're like, I'm, hey, Which, we, we, we're going to court over this. Right. And, and, and so my thing was what I am a little bit more questioning is why did Reed and Kaepernick settle? You should have just went ahead and took them to the clinic. You should have just went ahead and put them all out there. Mm-hmm. Everything out there. Because there must have been something with a, le- a league that powerful. Yeah. The NFL has replaced church on Sundays. True story. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. The NFL has all that power. You got them to want to settle. I mean, you got some. You there's you yeah. got something on them if they're willing to settle. Yeah, I mean, but you also had to because you also like that the idea of like having, and it was obvious too. Yeah, but having them, them one wife beater after the yeah. next, but a dude who takes a knee, you don't want to give right. him a chance. But like, uh, uh, can we talk about that though? The Cleveland Browns literally didn't win any games. Like, you literally have nothing to lose because you haven't won, and you still on side him. Like, come on, man. Um... <laughs> Hey, I mean, but you know what? They it, did win like six games this year. This year, I'm talking like last year, like right. But like, I mean, I look at that. I'm like, yo, get your money. But also, like, at least they didn't pull a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Howard Schultz talking about? I don't see color. Really, you don't see color? How about you let me beat you down, and then I want you to call the police and describe them to me, describe me to them without using my race or color. Bro, How about that, bro? You don't see color. But I know Y'all, that, anybody out there who still uses that ridiculous phrase, you don't see color, stop saying that. That right. shit's insulting. I'm being, I'm being real. All jokes aside, that shit's insulting to, to, to people of color. You see us. You know there's a difference you know, in what we look like. You know what I'm saying? Just because you see color doesn't mean that you got to see in color and being bigoted are two different things. Just right. because you see color doesn't mean that you're automatically bigoted. When you treat us different because of our color, that's when you're becoming bigoted. Yep. But don't say you don't see color. That's my look, PSA. Look, <laughs> it's real. Look, I, you don't see, he can say he don't see color, but I bet if somebody paid a cappuccino price for a macchiato, he'd know the damn difference. Of course. <laughs> right? So don't don't give me that, man. Like, I, even the idea of after everything that happened, he's that just you wanted, still feel like you could run for president? He just wants to protect his money. Because you notice how he didn't want to run until ALC dropped that 70% tax rate right. on billionaires. Right. And a lot of people are misrepresenting her tax rate because it's only 70% after, after. a certain amount. It's not like they're taxing, she's saying tax 70% of your entire income. She's saying tax 70% after a certain amount. So y'all still going to be billionaires. Right. It's like, just that you're, you know what I'm saying? If you're getting, after your $10 billion, they taxing 70% of your right. 11th, 12th, 13th, right. and 14th billion dollars. Like, get over yourself. But you know what, though? I mean, this country's obsession and need to hoard wealth is going to be its own destruction. It's already happening. Right. The what, you know what I'm saying? The, the the wealth gap has been doing nothing but growing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and it, and it shows. Yep. I mean, but and again, like, look at just like basic, like an economy needs a flow of money. So if when the money people go flowing, to, Yeah, people go, when people get to the point where they can't pay for anything because right. they broke. Then what? Then what you going to do? Uh, you get you get a little bit, a little bit, of something, something, right? Nah, come on, man. And then it go, to go even further than that, to pray, and I know this is painting a darker picture, 
But the most natural of all human instincts is that of survival. Mm-hmm. That's right. in everybody. It's why babies cry. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's why animals, you know, get scared or run away or turn and fight. Mm-hmm. You see crime when people suffer and when people ain't got nothing. Right. Keep letting that wealth gap grow. Right. Sooner or later, people going to come for you. They're going to get there mm-hmm. one way or the other. When it gets to the point where too many people can't feed themselves or their families, mm-hmm. they're going to get it one way or the other. But so you might as well give it up <laughs> on the front end. I'm saying yeah. give it up a righteous and respectable way on the front end by treating people fairly, giving them adequate health care, paying them fair wages to live off of, grow, build futures off of, and stop hoarding the wealth. You know what? It, that, it's interesting because even like we talk about like how um, comics are political commentary, even our movies, right? Because I think, I think about that. I think about The Purge, right? And the reason I think I've about, only watched the first one. I've watched none of them after that. The reason, this shit just looks psychotic to me. Yeah. But the, reason, but the reason I like The Purge is because I think it's it's a certain level of reality that people haven't even thought about yet. And this is like, because we always, in reality, like media and always portraying like poor people in poor neighborhoods as the criminals, right? When you get the purge, who the one going around trying to kill everybody? The wealthy folks. The wealthy motherfuckers. Everybody poor standing at the crib like, nah, we good, fam. <laughs> right? Dumb crazy motherfuckers coming down here. Oops, you <laughs> They coming down here like killing people, snatching like just for fun. Like nobody, nobody does that for fun unless you got an issue. Because it takes a certain amount of uh, uh, you know psychosis or a certain amount of psychotic <laughs> right. to be a person who wants to hoard hoard wealth deliberately at the expense of other people. I mean, you know what? I take it even further. Now. So it actually yeah. makes sense that they would be yeah. that way. I actually think thought about it as I said that I'm thinking about like all the all the Netflix movies now that are about like these these uh these, either these zombies se- or something like but that. But the serial killers like the Ted Bundy, they got they got the um the one that's and I literally nobody needs to watch this other one, um, abducted in plain sight. It is the most stupid bunch of circumstances. Like no, it's 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 messed up on another level. Nobody should watch that. Just saying. Don't worry, I won't. Um, <laughs> but like. You talking about Son of Sam was going on, Ted Bunny's going on, kids getting abducted, like murdering sprees by all these white men. And you know who's the most dangerous people in the world that the CIA decided to take out? The Black Panthers. Like, I need somebody to explain that to me. Right? Ted Bunny killed hundreds of people. And he and when in his trial, the 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 judge sent him, when they sentenced him, he said, like, you're a bright young man. I would have loved to see you as a lawyer in my courthouse. You had such a bright future, but you made different decisions. Good luck to you. Yep. That's what he said to a dude that killed hundreds of women and escaped from jail twice. I mean, <laughs> what you want me to say? I mean, I ain't like, surprised. Like, that's just, that's, that's the reality that we live in, man. I mean, that's privilege. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well. <laughs> but you know what? I, this, is, this is why, like, I, get, I worry about work sometimes. Because they talk, we talk about equity, right? We talk about privilege, but I don't think people understand that when you look at the amount of success in terms of education, in terms of wealth, um, in terms of health, all that other stuff. When it comes to white people, if you get rid of privilege, then their number has to drop. Because privilege is, is a certain portion of that is because of privilege, right? And they're like, nah, we can't have that drop, but we got to bring everybody else up. No, you can't. You can't bring everybody else to that level because that level is because of privilege. 
you get rid of privilege. Well, also because of capitalism. Capitalism, yeah. fundamentally, there has to be somebody at the top and somebody at the right. bottom. So if people have the power and resources to engineer the system in a way to yep. which they they and people like them can be at top, that's what they're going to do. Right. Which is what which is why I'm just like how 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 really mean about equity. Like how far are we going to go with that? Luckily, man, honestly, I got to say my department is lovely, man. I work with an awesome group of people. So I'm trying to get over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I work with an awesome group of people who I think I feel I you know believe that and they don't just show me that you know they don't, they don't just talk about it. They yeah. walk that walk, man. And you know, you know that's we're real. not going to say names. But you know some of the individuals that I work with. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I know that I am lucky and also sheltered in my department. <laughs> I do. I know that there's a lot of other crap that goes on mm-hmm. uh, throughout, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 throughout the organization that we work with. You know what I mean? But yeah. in my specific department and with my, my team, yo, it's love, dude. Oh, your team's fire. I know. Your team's fire. I know. We yeah. like the Warriors right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll be boogie. You know, <laughs> we're like the Warriors. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, come out and play. <laughs> what's what's that one? What's the one, one cat saying there? And a war he goes, the Warriors, y'all some bad motherfuckers. <laughs> you really are. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do it? <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna go home and watch that now. I know that movie's a classic. Oh yeah, favorite movie of all time. Ooh. I'm going to get hate for this one, but it's all good. <laughs> Superman 4. <laughs> if y'all can see his face right now. <laughs> I'm going to describe it to y'all as disgust. <laughs> it's one that whether or not I should toss him out a second floor balcony. Superman 4. I can't believe Superman 4. the sheer fuckery Superman that just 4. came out your mouth. Yeah. You just said it was the best movie of all time. You said it was my favorite movie of all time. I don't give a damn <laughs> how I phrased it. <laughs> I can't believe it. all yep. films that are out yep. there. Superman 4, yep. huh? Yep. Uh, there is, and it's specifically for two lines because the rest of the movie is terrible. What? Uh, the first line is when uh, in the early, t- towards the beginning of the movie, uh, Superman decides that he's going to get rid of all nuclear weapons and he goes before the United Nations and has this whole speech about like how like he's lived on this planet long enough he doesn't consider himself a visitor he's a citizen and he can't stand by and watch the world kill itself and watch the nations kill itself and he takes all the nuclear uh, missiles and throws them into the sun right I loved that um, and he did it because like kids kept sending him letters and being like I, we know you can fix this right um, one of the missiles that he put on it some of the some of some 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 leaders of different countries partnered with Lex Luthor, partnered with Lex Luthor to make Nuclear Man, which was a terrible villain. But <laughs> it sounds they, like it. Yeah, but he meant to make Nuclear Man so that they could get get rid of Superman, so they could get their weapons back. Right? It doesn't work, obviously. Um, and so the last, the other, the second speech that comes up is that. Uh, Superman goes before everybody and goes, I tried to rid the world of nuclear missiles and violence, and then I re- but I realized that's not my job to do. And he says, um, the, he said, we will have peace when the people of the world want it so badly that their governments have no choice but to give it to them. And I'm just like, that, like that's it. And now we look at stuff today, and I'm like, I mean... Is he wrong though? 
is he wrong? Real man. Real man. Real man. I'm about to jingle you right now. I'm about to domino you right now. Favorite movie of all time and one of the greatest movies of all time. Do the right thing. Oh, yes. Spike Lee. Oh, yes. Case closed. Oh, yes. That's Jenga. Oh, yes. That's Domino. Oh, yes. Yes. So, Superman 4 ain't even... No, it's ain't not... even in the round. It's, no, it's, Superman 4 is not a top anything movie. At it all. shouldn't even be one of your favorite. You said Superman 4, yeah. as bright as you are. Yeah. What the dude say? To, what the judge say to Ted Bundy? <laughs> You're a bright young man, Kevin. You took the wrong course in your life. <laughs> yeah. You could do so. I would love to see you be a, a lawyer in somebody's courtroom. You know what? And I'm going to tell you but why. But you chose the wrong course you know in what? life. You know what? That movie takes me back to being seven years old. It does. It, ta- it takes me back to a place where it's just comfort and I feel like Everything's going to be okay. Whether that's true or not, it's not even the movie itself. It's the feeling that that movie gives Listen, me. Listen, Howard the Duck take me back to being 7 too, but I would have never said Howard <laughs> the Duck. <laughs> I would have never said Little Shop take me back. Look, I would have never said Little look, Shop. It is what it is. It is what it is. This man says yep, Superman That's four. right. Y'all hear that? That's right. This has got to be a chill time first. I can't <laughs> believe. <laughs> I do not quite understand what has just happened you know here. what you know what you want honesty or not <laughs> actually i would have rather you lied <laughs> yeah normally yep 99.99999% of the time look, look i, I want honesty you know what i'm saying and uh i want honesty at a mori povich uh 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 uh, uh a povich uh, paternity test rate. <laughs> but this one time, you should have just lied. But you know what, though? She said Superman. But 4. you know what, though? I, 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 I'm not even going to take it. That is my favorite movie. Um, in terms of content-wise and not nostalgia, in terms of, like, structure of a movie, in terms of message, in terms of impact, get out. That. Fire film. Get out. That is a fire yeah. film. I'm waiting for this Us Yo, I, I just, I mean, they just on a ba- just based on the previews, I'm like, mm, Corey Bucker should watch that. <laughs> <laughs> we trading Corey Booker in the racial draft. <laughs> Actually, we're not even trading. He just cut. Somebody yeah. can sign him off. I trade him for a glass of chocolate milk. <laughs> he, I trade Corey Booker, man. You done, dog? Yeah. He, you know, you know who I think would be amazing, man. I would love to see twenty twenty four, Miss Stacey Abrams. Yes. Listen, I yes. Uh, at the conference I was at in DC yes. a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was, and I didn't even know that they were coming to speak, but Nancy Pelosi came to speak, um, and Stacey Abrams came to speak. I'm gonna tell you this: being somebody who's been in sports my whole life, um. You know, being in different, you know, when I was younger, attending churches or whatever, like, basically what I'm trying to say is I've been around some great orators. Mm -hmm. I've been around some great speakers, some people, some great motivators. Mm -hmm. Stacey Abrams will make you run through a damn wall. (laughs) She is, dude, the charisma that she has, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. she's an amazing orator. 
Stacey, and and on top of that, I don't think it's just talk. I really do believe that she can. Oh yeah, she can make a difference. And let's yeah. be real, she got robbed in Georgia. She's the rightful governor of that oh, state. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sorry, that. missing missing voting machines and stuff like that. Whole ass machines. Whole machines, not malfunctioning machines. Missing machines. They're not there. They they, they they just disappearing. You know they found they found them in like a warehouse. Right. They found them. They found some votes in a closet somewhere. Like yeah. Like come on, man. Bruh. Stacey Abrams it was is is the rightful governor of Georgia. But whatever, she yo, if she was on the ticket, she got my vote. I would actually help out with her campaign. Yeah, Stacey real. Abrams was amazing. Dude. That's real. Um, yeah, that's that's all I yeah. had to say about she that. Did, uh, dude in Florida was 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 hitting too. Andrew Gillum. Yeah, I like him too. When my man said uh, when he was like, "Look, I ain't calling you a racist. I'm just saying racists racist like you." <laughs> I didn't say I think you're a racist. The racists think you're a racist. racist. So, hey, that was a drop the mic moment. Woo. That was a domino moment. Yeah. That was a jingle moment. Yeah. But you know what the other thing is? Like, I saw that race. And the dude's face when he said it. Dude. He's like, <laughs> he couldn't even really fix his no. face to say no. Yeah. It was like, damn, he got me. <laughs> but, like, that's that's the challenge, right? Is, is, is I looked at that and I was like, he had to be Twice as good. Well, in well in the state of Florida, you you know voting machines were were still wrapped in cellophane. Oh yeah, they were delivering voting machines without power cords. Yeah, and you look how close him his his uh, race was and Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. You know if it was a legit fair runoff, yeah. him and Abrams would both would have both had won yeah. the races. Yeah, but it's, again, just like with <clears throat> the ability that he had both of them to speak to, to present the argument, like to have an argument, <clears throat> to have a debate. Beto O'Rourke was nice too. Huh? Beto was on yeah. this too. Yeah. You know what I'm but saying? Like, but it's Texas. It's, <laughs> it's Texas. But like how like you have to do all of that <laughs> to just get close. Right. To have clout, right? When like they are let's be real, man, these white politicians are mediocre at best. At best. They are there are some great ones, man. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. They, they I actually are. think I actually they legit are. think Beto O'Rourke would have been a good a great politician. No, I mean it is a great politician. Yeah, I mean there are, but I mean like comparative. But to, you're saying like comparative what what they you saying what they have to go through compared to African American right. politicians. I 100 percent agree with you. I mean like even in, but that's life in general for African Americans. Right. We have to work ten times as hard just to be considered at the same level. Right. I mean even our, even in our unless it's space. something unless it's something the stereo like like to, that falls in within some stereotypical trope like sports or something like and I'm being real you know what I mean then all of a yep. sudden they automatically think all of us can hoop all of us can mm-hmm. sing all of us can dance it makes me mad sometimes when people walk up to me and they be like so do you play football I be mad as hell because it's a stereotype I also be mad as hell because it's a truth yeah yeah I play football yeah but god damn like yeah you know what I mean? They're like, man, oh, sorry, you don't? I'm like, yeah, actually, I do. I'd be mad at myself. Part you got to say lacrosse, fam. <laughs> you play football? I actually nah. think that game's dope. It is. I, I played it. Uh, I didn't play it for an actual team, but I remember in like one of those, like, you know, you got to take like one physical education yeah. class in, in college. Yeah. I don't even know why I had to. Like, I play on the football team and I run track. <laughs> why am I taking a peak? Why are you making me do this? You know, you're right. wasting my time. Like, I got, like, 9 million credits just from football <laughs> practice and track practice alone. How about that? <laughs> but um, I, we had to play it as a part of, like, a unit in, in uh, gym class. And I was just like, this is dope. Yeah, it is. It is dope. And it's a real skill, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to play that game and to learn that, um, you know, first and foremost, shout out to our Native American brothers and sisters out there. That's y'all's game. Y'all invented that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That game is... 
That game's amazing. Yeah. That's, that game's hella fun. Or you can tell them water polo. There you go. Mess them all up. Nah. They, ain't no way I can fake that one. <laughs> I tried learning how to swim three times and failed all three times. And one time I was shooting a video, a commercial for a product. Yeah. And part of it, I got pushed into Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, that was Lake Minnetonka. What? Yeah. And it wasn't supposed to be deep. So I fell in thinking, oh, I can just stand you up. Because I'm not afraid of water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just can't swim. I'll go out in the water and everything. So I knew that the role called for me to be pushed out in the mm-hmm. water. So I'm like, cool. You know, I just stand up. So like that deep, deep. So at the end of the my lines or whatever, I get pushed in the water, right? And I'm in the water, and it's just like slow-mo, bro. I'm like, all right, any point, yep, my feet about to touch the ground. Dope. Water sitting, I'm like, yep. And you know, when you're underwater, like, it's all loud. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep, yep, just waiting. Yep, feet about to touch the ground. Yeah, so, uh, yep, I'm starting thinking fast now. Yeah, so hell yeah, yeah. This crowd's about to come up. Bro. It felt like 20 minutes when it really is probably like seconds. I'm like, yo, my damn feet ain't touching the ground. I'm kicking and everything, dude, trying to get to the top. And I'm big, dude. Like, I'm not fat. Like, I'm solid. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah, I'm going to sink. I don't float. Only thing to save me is I realized I got pushed off a dock. So at some point, like, there was the post to the dock was close to me. So I stopped trying to get to the top at this point. And I just start, you know, floundering, like reaching yeah. underwater for the pole. And once I grabbed it, yeah. I pulled myself up. Bro, <laughs> you want to talk? People was all alarmed. It's like, oh my God, somebody was like, I see a life reserve out there. I'm under the water drowning. What makes you think I can reach the life preserver? Yeah, people don't feel that. And then somebody else was like, yeah, I put my foot out there for you to grab it. I'm. Again, I repeat, I'm underwater drowning. What makes you think I can see and grab anything? <laughs> Somebody needed to get in there and get me. No, see, that's too much. That's too much. Can't do that. Can't do that. Hey, actually, pot, uh, plot hole in, in, in Black Panther. Because I was feeling like Killmonger's last speech. I was feeling it. Yo. And I felt he's, so- he's not gone. I know. You know his role's confirmed yeah. for Black Panther, yeah. too. I just knew it. I was like, the way that that went, I was like, he's not gone. Yo, but and just surely after somebody who's followed the comic series for all these years, I'm like, he's not gonna die like that. Yeah, I mean, also I love that he he lit up Black Panther because in the comics he lights him up. Yeah, he 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 whops him. Um, but like when he was like uh, talking about his ancestors getting jumping off the ships, yeah. and I was like, I was like, when that moment, I was like, yo, that's dope. Oh, that's a fire line. And I got home and I was like, you start thinking about I it. Like, like, yeah, this is it. Jump on no damn ship. It's like because you wouldn't be here. <laughs> Not only would you not be here, Wakanda ain't had no slaves, fam. Yeah. Yo, 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 father was a prince, fam. What, what ancestor? You're like, plot twist. But, <laughs> a, also, also, I have a low key, I have this is my theory that his mom was white. Get out of here. That, that's my theory. Where are you getting that from? A, they, they mention her, but you never see her. Two, his daddy, dark. He so not. Nice. <laughs> I don't believe Also, that. also, also, what black man names his kid Eric by himself? First of all, this is what I'm going to get <laughs> We black. We name our kids everything. We name our kids everything except right. for Jonathan. Nope, Jonathan too. <laughs> you know a black Chad? 
Yep, I do. Where? Uh, Where is this man? Chad Johnson. Ocho Cinco? Yeah. I guess that counts. And the DN used to play for the Hurricanes. Uh, Chad, uh, I forgot his name. First and foremost, man, you can't you can't go that route because both of us got old white man names. Yep. Your name is Kevin Williams. Yep, and I, I that's what got you the interview, so you can get the job. You got damn right. You know what you look you're like. Damn right. And my name is. You <laughs> damn right. However, however, but this is this is my point. Like, is my my dad ain't from Africa, right? Like, right. I don't know no African kid would like it. Just like they like like Samuka, like <laughs> Ion. Lama, get out of Muhammad, here! Muhammad, get out of here! Like, oh, come on, man. Where are you getting come on, from Eric? Names? Eric, it's spelled with a K, though. Okay, I give you that. It's I give you that because his his mom was white woke. That's why. <laughs> and no, hold on. And on top of that, that's actually not his. That's the name he adopted. That's not the name he was given, though. That's true. So that's see, true. so that's see. true. Okay, how do you get how do you get into Ivy League schools? Cause you're smart. What you mean? How you get white? Get out of here. His mom white. Come on. You man. just sound bitter now. He's you just sound bitter. You just sound bitter. White. Kevin Williams is bitter. <laughs> also, can we talk about how they never apologized to him? I'm still mad about that. You thought it was gonna be an apology? I'm mad about that. I'm still hot about that. Just because, like, it's like you have this whole. It'll be. It'll be in the second movie, and he's not gonna accept it then either. I'd rather I'd rather him not accept it than you. He understand. won't accept it. I, I I'd rather that than this is like your first. You know what happened to him at the like and when he got to Wakanda. You know what happened to him. Yeah. Right? You know he was left. You know his daddy was killed. And the first thing you say to him is, "I would kill you where you stand if I didn't know he was like." Not nah, bro, you your family messed me up. Yeah. Come on, and you literally had to get beat to death just about to have a revelation of. Yo, we did that. Like, so what you're saying is you question Ryan Coogler's storytelling skills? <laughs> no, I'm saying it's a great story. I'm saying Back Panther was shifty for that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the only person that stayed consistent in my in my eyes through that movie was Mbaku. That's that's the man. Yo, right he there. was dope. He's the only one that I, he was consistent. He's low key. So I'm gonna tell you what I like about. Do you follow the Black Panther comic yes. series? Oh yes. I just, I'm glad by, by, by Coates? Yeah, I'm glad they didn't call him uh, Manate. I'm, I'm real happy they did So, I know. So, I like how in this newer series, he's the leader of the rebellion. Yes. Mbaku is. Yes. I think that's pretty dope. Yes. That's, a, that's a nice little nuance yes. that's throwing out there. I like uh, Coates' storytelling ability, man. I like how, oh, he, yeah. you know, he's 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 writing the this latest run of Captain America, too, right? No, I didn't know that. Coates is the one writing that. And let me tell you, the story is dope. I was questionable about getting it because Captain America. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when I seen the coach was writing it, I was like, mm, let me give it a shot. And I enjoy it so I far. Mean, but they can't give him Riri? Look, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can't have it all just yet. Yes, we and can. We, what Obama said? No, 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 no. <laughs> now, let me rephrase that. We can have it all, but we ain't pushing for it all just yet. Like, you know what I mean? For some reason or another. I'm with you on that. I would love for him to get Riri too, but you don't got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Colts ain't pushing for it. And not unless there's a story out there we don't hear about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What we need to do is need to... Have you been reading the Shuri book by yes. Nnedi Okorafor? Yes. 
Fire. Yes, yes. Fire. Yes, 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 yes. So, I mean, you know. As a, as a matter of fact, so to your point about pushing the envelope, one of the things that I'm doing for uh, Black History Month is on my Instagram and Facebook, my social media, essentially, I've um, paired a black superhero with a black historical figure. What's mine going to be? Because you must not know. You know, your boy is the answer to a black history my question, right? <laughs> really? The first male dealer in the history of this state. Me and my guy, Adrian Mack. We're the first men yeah. and black men to be certified dealers and lactation consultants in the history of the state of Minnesota. What? Jinga. What? So I expect to know who my character is by the end of next week. Static. You know, since you since you're doing that, you got dread static. <laughs> I ain't gonna do that to you. I ain't gonna do that to you. I ain't you gonna can't, do You can't give me anybody. You just don't static. No, no shade of static, but I'm saying. I'm just message. I'm just messaging. Put no more thought into it. I'm, Damn, I'm, son. I'm put, that's a little. That's a little shade because his dreads are longer than mine. Honestly, that's all it is. <laughs> that's what we call being a hater, folks. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, no, but that's dope. As a matter of fact, I can. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate I it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, on my on my tombstone that might be, you know what I mean? That's what's up. Answer to a Black History Month question. William Moore. Yeah. That's what's up. Um no, so I'll I'll think about that. Uh but yeah, I'm doing to for, for visibility, it's uh I'm doing uh black men, black women. And so it's uh 14, 14 black characters that are men, fourteen black characters that are women. That's dope. Um, it's been it's been fantastic, man. Like just the I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to follow that on your yeah. show on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have it's to get a, on that, man. Man, it's been fantastic. Not only the reception, but just like uh, writing it every day, right? And just like yeah. looking at and like looking at how much like you know parallels there are. Um, some of them are like really distinct, and other ones are like to to some degree. Um, so like I give you, it's like today's was um, Simone Biles and Bumblebee. Um, part of it was stature. I thought that was funny. Like, yeah. Um, but also, it was just, she is a one hell of a. Her right. and Serena Williams. Yeah. I'm saying are two of the five greatest athletes in the world. Not yeah. female athletes. Female athletes. athletes. Period. Right. And Serena Williams is the greatest athlete in the world. Period. Oh yeah. She was a. Uh, period. You know, I already, I already got her. I already put her. In. Who you got her lined up with? Uh, Nubia. Okay. Cause she is Wonder Woman, and there's no there's no conversation in my mind. That's Wonder Woman. There you go. Um, but yeah, I had Simone Biles with, with Bumblebee today because most I, I think probably a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Simone Biles got her international start as um, a replacement for somebody else in 2013. So she really wasn't even like on the team. She did the Tom Brady role. Right. Right. And <laughs> she then she got in and just wouldn't give it yep. up and took over. Yep. And then. Bumblebee, um, her character, she was she was actually dating. Or let me replace that. Tom Brady did the Simone Biles. Ah, right, <laughs> right. Um, and so Bumblebee's character, like she was dating a dude in the Teen Titans, and she created the Bumblebee suit because she was like, I'm gonna infiltrate infiltrate the Titans and create a problem so to kind of make her boyfriend look better. Right. And so she whopped him. She whopped him all and like got away. And they found out that she did that. They were so impressed with her. They were like, nah, we need you on the team. Like, you're not even a superhero. But like, squad. You, 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 shut, you jacked us up. We need you on the team. She just came in and took over. Similar to Simone Biles. She just walked in there and it was just like. Who else you got? Um, so, I told you about. Um, 
Serena. I told you about Serena. Um, the first day I and this was just easy. The first day was Storm and Angela Davis. Um, Fire combination. Yeah. The second day was um, Huey Newton and Black Panther because I was like, I just did Storm. That's, that's, hey, that's just you easy. got to. That's and the I, queen. The picture was dope because I got the both of them sitting on the throne. Like the throne. Like yeah. I got that as a I, dude. I got that as a wallpaper. Yeah. 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 Um, I've done. And I like how it shows, like, you know what I'm saying? Because most people would look at that and be like, oh, like, make the assumption he's the king or whatever. He's over her. I don't like mm-hmm. that picture. Nah, notice how she's standing over him. Yep. She's in the superior position. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and one thing that I love about Black Panther, man, like, all his closest confidants, his strongest warriors, all women. women. Yep. All women. That's right. Yep. Um, yesterday, I did uh, Isaiah Bradley and the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, and to, uh, for those who don't know, Isaiah Bradley was actually the first black Captain America. Um, and the reason that I paired those two was for a few reasons. One, because they were both World War II vets. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the second part of it was that Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley was a test subject because they were trying to recreate the, 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 serum. the serum that created Captain America. That's how he existed. Um and he became a legend in the quote unquote like Black Marvel universe. And so like while he was a character, like he got visited by like Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali. Um, but that piece about him being experimented on without his consent was very powerful, aligned the with Tuskegee experiments. Exactly. Yep. yep. That that's dope. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So give me one more. Whew, let's see. Um, I gotta look because I can't remember this dude's name, but it was one. It was also one of my favorites. Was uh, Firestorm. Um, and the reason Firestorm because a lot of times we think about black people and it's always either like physical activity. It's not like their their brain, right? And so like I really wanted to focus on scientists. Um, let's see. Give me one. Second. Ah, here it is. So I paired Firestorm with um, Edward Boucher who was the first African-American to earn a Ph.D. in any university in the United States. Dope. Um, and he studied physics at, Ye- at Yale. And then I, and so Firestorm is the combination of two people. So I appeared, so it was Edward Boucher and George Cotherers. I always say his name wrong. I always realize his name. But he was a physicist, and he created the ultraviolet camera, which was used by NASA in the 1972 Apollo 16 flight. Right, right, right. So it's always, so like the idea of two physicists, Com- combine and then Firestorm, who is two people combined, and he is all about nuclear uh, physics. He's a an embodiment of, phys- of physics. So that kind of. Well, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for William Morris on Saturday, February 16th. <laughs> you that also, much. just and this is this is funny. <laughs> I actually this one I, I got a kick out of. I paired uh, Colin Powell with James with, with, with James Rhodes. Cause War Machine. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that's flawless. Oh yeah, Rhodey yeah. and Colin Powell. That's perfect. War Machine. Like, that's perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that was, synonymous on so many levels. Right, and you know they both they both fought in Vietnam too. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is that, that's that's easy. That's child's that's cake. That's cake. <laughs> that's cake. Man, well, dude, I want to say first and foremost, man. I appreciate you coming out and rapping with me. Oh, yeah. It's been long overdue. And on a real tip, you got to do it again. Oh, yeah, for sure. You have to. Oh, for sure. Because I feel like we could go on forever. And they got so many other things they want to talk about. I just don't want to keep you all night. You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> yo, you got to come back again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Matter of fact, sure. same thing like I tell my cousin Kenny, man. Um, 
my cousin Kenny's got his own podcast. Shout out to Kenneth Moore. Um, he's also he, you know he's also the one to produce my intro and outro music for the podcast. But me and Kenny try to we were trying to do something where we did like once a month get on each other's podcast. Yeah. But both of us so busy, you yeah. know, I mean, it turned out to once every other month. But I definitely like to extend the same type of invitation with oh, you because yeah, I've had a lot of fun doing this tonight, man. So. Um, before we duck out of here, man, why don't you give people a, a way to contact you, man, your social media. Also, if they're looking to actually, like, procure your services, man, mm-hmm. um, and, and attend one of your trainings or have you come by yeah. and do one of those trainings, man, why don't you give them a way to contact you? Yeah. All right. So um, my social media is um, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, y'all going to enjoy the Daquan with the good hair. Ah! Yeah, that's my social <laughs> That's 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 the result of going to brunch too much, but it's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then for my business, the name of the business is uh, K James Consultations, um, and the email is kjames.consultations at gmail.com. Um, I'm pretty responsive to those emails. Uh, if you want to come to a training, if you if you think your organization needs a training, if you're an organization that is looking for some help in like program assessment or getting grants or grant writing. Um, we're just trying to figure out how to navigate different systems. Uh, yeah, KJ, kjames.consultations at gmail.com. Y'all heard it, man. So y'all see he's an exceptional guy, you know, uh, provides some awesome services, very knowledgeable. Um, everything except for his damn affinity for the Superman 4 movie, which I'm just <laughs> not going to be able to get over. I don't even understand what I am going to do about that. Um, but he is a great guy. He's, he's quickly become a, a, a very good friend of mine. Um, and if any, any of you out there, any of my listeners, have any comments, questions, requests, you guys know how to get at me. You know, chilltimepod at gmail.com. Also, you know, check out the Instagram, chilltimepod, you know what I'm saying, on Instagram as well. Um, leave us a rating on whatever poc- uh, 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 platform you listen to the podcast. And as always, I appreciate you, man. Gracious and grateful for you taking the time out to listen to me and then listen to me have a good old time with my with my boy uh, Kevin over here. So with that, I'd like to say once again, this has been Chill Time is Will Time, and I am out of here. <laughs>